Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will. Um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands and um, good thing. and apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and they come on. Where's Toby? Well, I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Saturday Suckage, the WB Club, soon to become the Calling BS Club. But first, let's take roll. Don Cooper. Less. It sucks and it freebases. Mike Tomlin. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Brian Cashman. I also know that we suck right now. Albert Almora. Chris Rock. Pat Piscero. Aloy. Hey, you guys. Toby. Mark Grody. Green Bay sucks. Green Bay sucks. Green Bay sucks. Green Bay sucks. 
I was just we talking to the score overlord, Mitch Rosen, and he, he wanted to know if I was picking the Bears to win. And Steve, I am picking the Bears to win tomorrow. And I don't always pick the Bears to win, but I am picking the Bears to win tomorrow because I don't think the Green Bay Packers are organized yet. Yeah, they're good, and they're probably going to be a lot better as the season goes on. But if you really dig into the Packers game so far this year, they have been far from dominant, and I think that they are there for the taking tomorrow. Good morning, Steve. Wow, Mark Rohde picking the Bears. Look yep. at that. Well, I I suspect they have an excellent chance of doing that. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I would not be surprised the way I normally am. And like, it's, okay, there's Aaron Rodgers. There you go. It's all over, and they just melt. But I, I'm attributing this. I, I can't rely solely on football stuff. We'll talk about football stuff. Yeah. But I think I think omens have to play a part in this because playing you know football stuff. It's never worked against Aaron Rodgers. As soon as they get to 21 points, the Bears <laughs> lose. They suck. Yeah. That's, that's just what happens, Matt. Matt Nagy is whatever he does. Whatever whatever. Bu Bu is be a loser against Aaron Rodgers. But, and I have some football reasons why, but I think I want to share this with everyone. I want to start the show with this. This is sort of the Stevie Sunshine Bears look at Aaron Rodgers. Today, this weekend, marks the 15th anniversary of this. Four picks against Grossman and two fumbles. What did you see about the Bears? Uh, we shut them down that way? No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Call me. Thanks, Coach. So, if as the the planets align, the moon is in Jupiter and um, the age of Aquarius is upon us, come on. This weekend, that's the, uh, the this has to be it, right? Doesn't it have to be it? It does. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And I think it is going to be because of a turnover, not one caused by Aaron Rodgers, because he typically just doesn't do that against the Bears in terms of throwing interceptions. But I do think that there will be a loose football at some point in time, scoop and scored by the Bears. So I think things are going to have, like, you have to have that against the Packers. You, you just can't, like, like, head to head, the Bears have shown through the years, look, Green Bay. And I, I'm just going to do this once, and then I'm going to stop doing this. Green Bay, <laughs> Green Bay has won 19 of their last 22 games against the Bears. On Aaron Rodgers' watch, Green Bay is 21 and five against the Bears. So I'm done with that. So it's going to take a little something extra. But I think the Bears are in that mode right now. They've had that little bit of kick and momentum. And I think that something like that is going to have to occur. And and I would also like to see a little bit, like, just a little bit more out of Justin Fields. Like, a little bit more than six yards per attempt on the average from him. So it's, there's, you're, you're going to need a big throw or two. But 
this game is going to be won because the Bears are going to have a cup, force a couple of turnovers, and I do believe one of those will end up in the end zone. Wow. Yeah, I well, really thought about that, Steve. That's I know, and and in going back and looking at last year's the the Week 17 game, that was a beatable Aaron Rodgers. He should have thrown three picks. The Bears missed three interceptions. So it's it's not like he's doing the whole Tom Brady thing, although they beat Tom Brady last year because Tom Brady couldn't count to four or five. But the Aaron Rodgers accuracy show wasn't so much. There was Steve Barkevius Mingo and Eddie Jackson and Kendall Vildor. They had a chance mm-hmm. to make this guy look like a Bears quarterback, frankly. They had a chance to make him look like Jay Cutler in this series, and they didn't. But you now say that changes tomorrow. I do, and I also think that one of the things that the Bears have to beware of is not, and I was talking about this yesterday, obviously Devontae Adams is number one with a bullet, and Jalen Johnson will likely be, hopefully be, following him wherever he goes. But it seems like it's always some of the other weapons, like unexpectedly where some massive play occurs with between Aaron Rodgers and say, oh, Randall Cobb, perhaps a Robert Tanyan, even a Mercedes Lewis coming up with something. Everyone, Aaron Jones, a big part of the passing game still. So those are guys that you have to watch out for too because you don't want to let those, like on some massive like wide open type of play. We've seen it many times through the years. So obviously stop Adams, but don't leave somebody else wide open 30 yards down the field and just be aware of everything. And I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Bears' fresh defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, goes about disguising his defenses and seeing what he could – because this is brain on brain. I mean, Sean decides big brains against Aaron Rodgers' big brains, and that that's what it comes down to. I think both would be eligible for a, a degree of, of doctorate hype. Do you think Mike Pettin, no more important of a consultant this week than ever for the Bears, do you think he can get into the brain that is Aaron Rodgers? Do you think he can help – Sean Desai design a defense that could, again, put them in position. They, they were in position to get three interceptions last year without Mike Pettin's input and Eddie Jackson, and, and they blew it. They just didn't make those plays. So do you think in what ways Mike, Mike Pettin help Sean Desai design that defense to make it even rougher on Rodgers? Pettin probably can help Sean Desai for sure, but I actually think more he's going to help the the Bears offense and where what they can exploit defensively for the Green Bay Packers and you know huddle up with Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor and say hey when I was with the Packers and you guys did this that didn't really scare us or affect us much but when you did this that was pretty good, we got to admit. So I actually think that, yes, of course, he, he's been advising and doing whatever he has done 
because our conversations with Mike Pettin are scarce to none. Um, he's been advising the defense every single week, but I think this is a week where he had to have been involved in all of the position player meetings at some point in time. And and they've downplayed it. You know, the Bears have, you know, they, they've kind of just gone with the, oh, yeah, we use him every week and he's part of this team. So, yeah, this is no different than any other week. Of course it's different than any other week. Pettin knows the Packers inside and out offensively and defensively. So if, if that doesn't give them some sort of edge, then that's kind of that's kind of useless. Talking about Justin Fields and seeing more out of him, you're not going to see more out of him unless he can run the ball. And they're running out of running backs, as it turns out. The Packers are just ahead of the Bears in fewest rushing yards allowed, and they're both just outside the top 10 defensively. What do you think Khalil Herbert? <laughs> no, he's not a hockey player. Khalil Herbert brings, what can he do, What? how... It seems vital that they have to just make attempts to run the ball. They can't get off it quick. They have they can't be Matt Nagy in this running attempt. No matter how bad it looks at first, they have to be Bill Lazor and and they have to keep plugging away because every running attempt is a positive thing in that it helps wear down the Packers and it helps it, in some way. It's going to help Justin Fields. So. How capable? I mean, I guess we don't know, but the good thing is the Packers don't know either. Yeah, based on what we saw last week from Khalil Herbert, you know, he's been from the second he walked into to OTAs and rookie minicamp, he's been very impressive. And there is a there's a very natural quality about him. I remember just watching him field kickoffs during Bourbon A when they had like six different guys lined up taking turns to see who was going to be best at it or best suited for the job and Herbert stood out for his his ability to not look like a rookie and seemingly understand and pick things up very quickly. Like he's a really smart kid, so he he was successful in that realm. And then we saw what we saw last week when he was over seventy yards rushing. What he is particularly good at is is following his blockers and letting them lead the way for him. He's not going to be back there trying to improvise or dance around or come out of the blocking scheme and you know shoot to the outside and be shoved out of bounds or something like that. He is very natural in that ability and then he's got that, you know, not to the David Montgomery level, but that don't go down thing. The part that I think a lot of us are wondering about is can he catch passes in an NFL game because that's really important to have that ability when you have a young quarterback in Justin Fields to have that outlet. He has not caught a pass yet. However, saw plenty of that in training camp and preseason, and he seemed to be rather adept at it. So I'll be honest with you, I'm looking really forward to seeing what Khalil Herbert is like when he you know, presumably gets the full load of carries for the Bears, but he's impressive. And I will tell you this too, Steve, I, I got a I got a chance to spend some one-on-one time with Khalil Herbert yesterday, and it will air on our pregame show um, on WBBM. You'll probably hear it on the score too at some point in time tomorrow morning. Very impressive kid. Okay, so a, a well-made point about his ability to catch passes. The other one is, can he pick up the blitz? Do we have... What what inf- what what examples do we have? What data points do we have that Justin Fields will be safe with this rookie in the backfield and being able to pick up a blitz and keep Justin Fields upright? He seems to be a good blocker, and I and 
going off of last week's game against the Raiders and then in talking to him, he takes that really seriously. He says, like, he told me yesterday his number one job is to protect number one. So, and he was adamant about that. Like, he offered that to me. I, I wasn't really pushing him for that necessarily. Like, we're, I mean, we were talking about blocking, but he, he got into it and said that that's, you know, he understands that, yeah, of course he'd like to rush for 100 yards, but he, he knows, he understands that, you know, his self-worth or his a huge part of the evaluation with Justin Fields out there is going to be at the last second many times to protect that man so that's obviously a huge part and at this point the Bears don't want because Justin Fields and look he's practicing full all week this week but I do go back to the beginning of the week when Justin Fields told us when we asked him about his knee a couple of times he said I'll be fine by Sunday in other words the knee probably isn't 100 percent nor are the ribs so to design tons of run plays or to want him running in the open field may not be as plentiful against the Packers. Well, where, how are you going to get the yards? You're going to get the yards. If they, as long as they have to account for his threat of running, they're, they're still going to be, there's still going to be opportunities then. You take away from one area, Justin Fields seems like he's smart enough and daring enough to hold the ball till he can throw downfield. Now, was a there was a stat that came out this week that showed how that that he leads the league. He's thrown deep on 11 of 72 attempts. And next gen stats from the NFL at 15.3 percent. That's the highest rate in the NFL. Hmm. And when you get you know when you hear the criticism about he holds on to the ball too long, well that's why. He wants to make the chunk <laughs> plays, and yep. and that's just that's one of the things that goes along with that. So I think I think that's that's the price you pay. But we, we need to take a break as we broadcast from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. And the Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. That Tech Zone number is three one two. 644-6767. It's also the same number that you can call us here on the score. We have, that's the score listener line number. It's powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit the BetQL.com or visit BetQL.com. And of course, it's called the score listener line because we have one member of our audience and that's it. We have one listener, so that's his that's his number. Later on in the show, we'll talk with Chris Emma of The Score at 11.35. We will talk more Bears with him. Paul Sullivan, we'll talk baseball. Tom Ricketts wrote a letter, and Tony <clears throat> LaRusa came off with disingenuous crap. And uh, we'll talk Bulls. Bulls are going to play. About that. Bulls. They won the, yeah, they won the preseason. We'll talk with Rick Camp. And... Uh, and we'll talk some bulls with him. And again, there are two. Now there is a second omen about how the Bears can conquer Aaron Rodgers. Caesar, do we have the 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 Dennis Green? We need to play that again, and I'll follow it up with a second omen that Mark alerted us to. So. The first one is that this is the weekend. This today is the anniversary of this one of the all-time great post-game rants. 
Four picks against Grossman and two fumbles. What did you see about the Bears? Uh, we shut them down that way? No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> Funny every time. And it is. Can't play enough of that. 15th anniversary. That happened uh, today. That's just outstanding. And the second item is that the Aaron Rodgers never had to face the Bears when the starting quarterback was named Uno and had his uh, had its own Instagram page. Yeah. Your tweet alerted me to that. So I think we need an in-depth... I, I don't know what else is there on Uno's Instagram. Have you investigated Uno's Instagram page? I'll be honest with you. I have not done a deep dive. I've done very surface-level work. So I don't know. Maybe during the break I can do that. Yeah. But, I mean, I did. Yeah, the, the breaking news this week was that Justin Fields is the one running Uno's Instagram account. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers can can beat Uno. You know, it's one thing to beat Jay Cutler and <clears throat> Mitch Trubisky and all the rest of the quarterbacks getting out of the clown car, but Uno. Come Uno. on, Uno's there watching tape. Uno's at home watching tape. Yeah. Uno's at home with Justin Fields. He is thy quarterback's keeper. So I don't think Rodgers has ever gone up against that. The weekend of the Dennis Green rant and Uno. I, everything, everything's coming up Bears. Don't you think Aaron Rodgers, when he plays the Bears for the first time every season and it's a different quarterback, he kind of like rubs his hands against, okay, what are they trotting out this year? Yeah, it was like Mitchell Trubisky, okay, what do we got? Jay Cutler before, okay, they're going to try this now, eh? So hopefully Justin Fields is of a different stature against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I'm sure he looks, but I think he's more concerned with this is what how can I manipulate their safeties? Yeah. How can yeah. I create open space? Is Chris Conti still playing with the Bears? That's right. That's what he said. I think that's what's more important yeah. to him. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, more suckage. Uh, Steve Rosenblum and Mark Grody. Thank you for listening. Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy the score. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, Saturday Suckage. Coming up at 1140, we'll talk with Chris Emma of The Score. We'll talk Bears. We're talking Bears now with, look, they have a chance to be in first place all alone. Never in your wildest dreams would you have expected that. Justin Fields is your quarterback. And Jalen Johnson is your cornerback, Mark Rohde. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about that guy. And he says he only wants the best receiver. That's it. The best receiver on Green Bay has more catches, yards, and TDs than the entire Bears receiving core. So, that's a guy. That's a guy, dude. How do you think the Bears... How do you think Sean Desai and Jalen Johnson... How do you think they tell Jalen Johnson they're going to defend 
Devontae Adams? What do you think they do? Well, I I do think just based on some of the things that Sean Desai has done already this year, that it is a good chance that Jalen Johnson will be told, you go wherever he goes. And look, it's it's pretty. I mean, you mentioned. I mean, he, he's having a terrific year already. I mean, you you just laid it out pretty well. And Johnson is going to. There, there's going to be help from safeties. There probably will be double teams at times, and adjustments made along the way if Jalen Johnson is overwhelmed by it. But that's the whole thing. He's so far this year. Johnson, for the most part, and he's gotten beaten a couple times. That he, uh, including one that would have been uh, beaten last week, if if the Raiders didn't have a case of the dropsies on a couple of a couple mm. of plays last week, that maybe even would have been a touchdown at one point. But I, I think they will start with him on him. Say you stick with him, and if things are not going well in the first half, they will switch it up because Sean Desai has shown because we all want adjustments out of our coaches, right? He has shown a tendency to adjust and change things up when things aren't going well. But it is the proverbial case of try to contain him as much as possible and don't let him beat you and don't let him get over it. He's going to get his, but you just got to minimize it. I always – you mentioned Robert Tunyon earlier, mm-hmm. and I always – and that's always the thing that the two most vexing parts – of Aaron Rodgers are this. No matter what the Bears knew about how dangerous Jordy Nelson was, he was still open deep. Like, seriously? Yeah. Come on. And the other thing is, okay, if he's not, then the tight end's open. How do you not cover that guy? How is that guy open? How does that happen? And I... <clears throat> I... Keep coming back to that saying, well, if there's, do you take away the two guys? Do you, well, who does that leave open? Do you really try, if, if, if Devontae Adams has that great a percentage of what Aaron Rodgers does, then don't you do whatever you can to smother him and dare everyone else, including Robert Tanyan, to beat you? Isn't that a way to do that? It is a way to do it, but like I said, the Bears have gotten burned in the past by huge plays to tight ends or alternate receivers. It has happened for sure. You're right, though. On on the overall, that's the way to do it. I mean, dare them to beat you in in other ways and don't let Devontae Adams rack up 200 yards like he did last week. So it's it's definitely a a sound game plan, but it's not like – Aaron Rodgers hasn't circumvented that in the past, and he will continue to do it. The other part that I think Aaron Rodgers, like every single time against the Bears, there are the dreaded near sacks where Aaron Rodgers has that sort of deceptive ability to be elusive, getting out of the pocket, getting getting away from the pressure even as he ages he is still so good at that not only getting out of the pocket and escaping the pressure but then getting loose and then finding when it's the all play for the receivers and everybody's just trying to get open on the playground he finds those guys and and that's where you have to stick with your men and stay on your assignments and do not underestimate Aaron Rodgers' ability to find those guys in tight space when everybody's scrambling for his sake. And and he is so good at that. 
and we've seen the Bears burned by that so many times on Aaron Rodgers' watch. And then the other part, too, is, you know, we, we've you and I both mentioned Jalen Johnson. It's a big day for Kendall Vildor as well. You said he had, you know, the near pick last year against Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, Vil, Vildor is not Jalen Johnson. He is not as good. He is up and down in his second year in the NFL, but he's going to have some some huge assignments tomorrow as well. So it's a big day for him, especially if, if you are daring other guys on the field to, to beat you. You were, t- you were talking about Aaron Rodgers just basically <clears throat> gracefully eluding a sack. Yep. And all of a sudden, there's all of a sudden there's Julius Peppers just missing, and there's Chris <laughs> Conti playing the wrong defense. I mean, always, Randall always. Cobb is going. Yeah, yeah you got him. Right. You got the crowds going crazy like there's a, a sack has occurred. <laughs> and no, he's, yes. he's still free. He's still looking, 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 caught downfield. And it's like, oh, deflation. So that that's what you have to like. If, if Sean Desai has stressed one thing, stay with your guys. All like he will find these guys if you are not glued to them for the entire play. I don't care how tired you are. Stay with your guy. Stay with your okay. That's right. So I don't understand this. Maybe you do. We can investigate this earlier. A texter. Our text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. 312-644-6767. Steve, can you please play Les's explanation last week of what a Kraken is, meaning the Seattle Kraken, the NHL's expansion team? Why was I not aware of this? I am not aware. I, I'm not aware of it either. Caesar, Caesar, Grober and I actually had a conversation about the Kraken, I think, at one point in time. I don't know if that's what he's alluding to, like way, like a while back. Um, there was Caesar, a. Caesar, does this sound familiar to you at all? It does, and I'm working right now and trying to find it. I'll bring it up okay. as soon as I can here. All right. Okay. All Fair right. Enough. Well, Fair we can do that later. For now, we'll take a break. Yeah. And we will welcome to the discussion Chris Emma. He will enter the chat as we talk Bears Packers or as Darnell Mooney straightened everybody out, didn't he, about the rivalry? Yes, he did. You want to hear Share that with cut? the class. Well, yeah. yeah so a reporter asked. Mr. Darnell Mooney say, hey, what, you know, something along the lines of what are your thoughts of the Packers-Bears rivalry? And Darnell Mooney shot back, well, first of all, it's Bears-Packers, not Packers-Bears. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah. That's great. That is. Almost like the coach himself who used to have a, a special meeting with the team. It's Packer week. Everybody clench your rectums. It's Packer week. <laughs> well, and the thing is, man, it's hard to get guys to really feel this rivalry like players just because they're, you know, most of them are not from here. A lot of the guys with, that we asked are maybe in their first or second or even third years of the Bears. So they don't honestly feel that he, and especially since there weren't fans last year. So it's hard to get like the responses that we want. And, but Darnell Mooney gave us one. He was definitely the, the, the only guy who gave us a little something something about the rivalry yeah okay that's good i like that all right we'll take a break we'll we'll talk about the bears packers rivalry with chris Elma. that's right saturday second chicago sports radio 670 the score what do you think of when you hear packers bears rivalry i hear well i hear bears versus packers first and uh <laughs> um i mean it's a extreme uh thing uh i love the culture of it and uh i want to be able to win every time so 
Uh, we didn't get that at all last year. I didn't understand the culture as much last year, but I definitely understand it now for sure. That's it. That's Darnell Mooney. And he's telling you it's Bears Packers. And he understands the culture. The culture is basically we always lose to Aaron Rodgers. Because he keeps finding the guy we know he's going to find and we don't know why we can't cover him. And our quarterbacks always suck. But Darnell Mooney is part of changing that. Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday Suckage. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody with you. We're going to the Scores Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We welcome in the Scores. Chris Emma. Chris is here, and it's the, listen, mister, it's Bears-Packers rivalry, and Darnell Mooney is having none of your questions about whether that culture exists or not. He knows where the culture is, sir. Welcome, Bears-Packers, not Packers-Bears. I'm not making that mistake ever again. I've learned yeah, you should. So, <laughs> how do you, what do you, what's different this time? I think the Bears have a chance tomorrow because I see the offense, even without David Montgomery, even without Tariq Cohen, even without Damian Williams now, having some kind of identity of running the football. And you saw a more engaged and much improved offensive line last week in Las Vegas. I don't think the Raiders are a particularly good football team right now, but you really saw the roots of something that is much better offensively than it was a few weeks ago. And Bill Lazor is doing a terrific job calling this offense and sticking with it. So uh, if the Bears can control the clock the way they did the last couple weeks uh, and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field as much as they possibly can, I think they can hang around. I think it's going to come down to the wire in the fourth quarter. Did you pick the Bears to win, Chris? Let's get this out of the way. I did not, but I was on the fence. I said 24-20 Packers because that guy wears number 12 for them. He's pretty good, and he tends to be clutch late in a ballgame. So I, I tend to trust the Packers to come through in this one, but I was trying to make a case for the Bears, and I came darn close to picking them. Understandable, man. I totally get it. What do you think? What do you expect out of Justin Fields in this game? I think more of the same. Uh, you know, it's continued progress and growth for him individually while this offense continues to try to flourish around him. And... I think you're going to see a lot of Khalil Herbert. I think he's going to be the focus of this offense. But with that comes opportunities with the passing game. And we've seen the Bears properly use the run to set up the pass. Green Bay's secondary has not been a strength by any stretch. And I think there's going to be some opportunities for big plays, like you saw a couple weeks ago against the Lions. Uh, you know, some of those big chunk plays of 20, 30, 40 yards. Darnell Moody is going to be active. And Allen Robinson, I know he's coming off this injury concern this week. I would be surprised if he does not play. Uh, he's a guy who's durable. He seems to be able to get himself out there. And I think he's going to be productive if he's healthy. What do you think of Khalil Herbert's ability to pick up the blitz and catch passes? We were discussing that earlier, and two are vi- those two are vital parts of the running game beyond running. You know, your uh, co-host today, uh, Mark Grody, and I got to talk with Khalil Herbert this week, and he's very soft-spoken, you know, not doesn't go too in-depth in a lot of things, but... Uh, I enjoyed hearing him asking and uh, talking about running the football and the vision. And he said every run is like a work of art. And he was basically trying to describe the process of reading what's coming his way when he gets that football and the process of understanding which hole to hit, uh, whether he needs to hesitate a moment to let something open up or whether he just attacks. And 
Uh, you saw it last week in Las Vegas. This guy has a knack for running the football. He is a veteran in his first year. This guy understands what it takes to get the kind of gains that he's needing. Uh, he's not somebody who's going to be you know, rushing to one spot because that's where it's supposed to go. He understands the vision and the patience part of it. And I've been really impressed by that. And then you mentioned it, Rosie, the idea of getting him involved in the passing game. And he's got to be that option who's on the wing of Justin Fields when, you know, if those first and second reads are, aren't open, Herbert's going to be the one catching the football. So I see him heavily involved tomorrow. Yeah, I'm glad that you and I are seeing him the same way because there is a very, like even from the beginning of camp, a very natural flow to his game. He's got an unflappability, like like you said when we talked to him yesterday and I got a chance to talk to him off to the side. I mean, he's just a very smooth competitor, everything about him. But Chris, I want to ask you about one little area of the game here. So the the Green Bay defense is bad on third down and in the red zone. The Bears offense is bad on third down and in the red zone. <laughs> it's a shame anyone has to win this. <laughs> is it a wash or who do you see having the edge in that case? You know, that's a great question, and it might just come down to that. I mean, you're exactly right. Uh, and look, I think you see such a big difference in this offense with Bill Lazor compared to Matt Nagy. And I mean, no disrespect to Matt Nagy, who made the right decision in giving up the play calling, but Bill Lazor understands game flow. He knows what to run each next play. He's not panicking on his Denny's menu in front of him. He's not doing this or that <laughs> that throws the offense out of whack. And I think the red zone execution is going to continue to be much better under Bill Lazor because the entire offensive flow is stronger under Bill Lazor. And to that point, it's the ability of getting into third and manageable or, you know, converting on first and second down to a point where you got third and one and two instead of third and eight or nine and you're backed up. Obviously, a lot of that, too, with this offensive line and this offense as a whole comes down to avoiding penalties that keep pushing you back. Uh, they need to have much better execution. It's easier to do when you're at home and avoid those costly mistakes that kind of get you back into third and long situations. But uh, to answer your question, I think the Bears are in a much better spot here offensively as a whole, and I think that includes the red zone. Our guest is Chris Emma of The Score, and we're on The Score. What were the odds of that mm. on Saturday's suckage? Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody with you. So the Lions are a bad team. The Raiders are have plummeted to a bad team because of their sick coach and horrible ownership and, and whatever whatever is going on there, I believe. And Mark and I talked about it when we when the Gruden, Gruden news broke near the end of the show yesterday that it could affect the Bears. It could affect the, the Raiders. We weren't sure how it was going to go, how you look at that guy, how he coaches that game. And it seemed the Bears were able to take advantage of a team. And if it wasn't complete free fall, it, it probably will be soon. So how do you judge that when facing a chance, when, when this team is facing a chance to play for sole possession of first place in the division? Yeah, you certainly got a, a greater context of what the Bears were really up against last week. And I, I you know, I thought they were going to lose that ball game. I thought the Raiders were going to come out and respond after that Monday night game the, the you know, before that, uh, the Bears game against the Chargers. And obviously things unfolded really quickly on Gruden and his staff. I don't know at what point last week was he aware of what was coming out and whether he was could have been sure or not that he was going to be out of that job in the coming days. You wonder what kind of distraction it really was. Certainly it was out by Friday where it interrupts some of your game preparation. And obviously, the, you know, 
And who cares what, you know, in terms of the game results from the Raiders' perspective, they have much bigger issues, and John Gruden deserved to be out of his position after that. From the Bears' perspective, yeah, I think they beat a uh, depleted and struggling team. Uh, it might, you know, it seemed like a great win at the time. Maybe it's not as big of a win in context. Uh, in terms of tomorrow, uh, look, I, there's some juice for the Bears. They deserve it. I mean, they're 3-2. They've won three, uh, three in a row, playing some good ball here, and you've got your rivals coming to your home field. Uh, and, and the Bears are just in a much better position offensively, as I'm just going to keep reiterating it, than they were a few weeks ago. you got a chance when you're playing complimentary football. Uh, you have three phases playing pretty well right now. They have to feel good about their opportunity here. It's crazy that we're saying that, too. And you're right, Chris, that the offense is in a good place. It's crazy that we're saying that. With Allen Robinson, he's made some big catches this year, but he's, relatively speaking, he's barely been targeted. And he, he was their identity previous to this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Since he's been here, whenever, we've, whenever somebody's asked me the question, what's the Bears' offensive identity, number 12 was the only thing that I could point to. And, <laughs> and, and Chris... Like, they still, though, I still think they have to. Like, maybe that's the step I think Justin Fields needs to take, is to include more people in the passing game, including Allen Robinson, because no matter how professional he is, deep down inside, he wants the damn ball, too. Yeah, I mean, there's an evolution coming for Justin Fields, and I don't know if it's going to come tomorrow or the week after that, but at some point later this season, you're going to look at him as a different quarterback when he gets that passing game truly clicking. Right now, he's using the running game to set up those opportunities in the pass, and I know you saw him hit on that in the two weeks ago against Detroit. Obviously, you know, not a ton of yards last week in Las Vegas, but I think he's going to start putting up some yardage and really uh, converting in the passing game as we go along with this season. And, and you're right, Mark. Allen Robinson's the missing piece to this. He has 17 catches right now. I mean, this is a guy who had 200 catches the last two seasons. So he's not been involved with the offense. You excuse it because it's a rookie quarterback who's still figuring things out. But, yeah, that missing piece is right there. And once they get him heavily involved, I think you're going to see Fields really start taking off. It's going to work hand-in-hand. Hand. And it's nice that Fields has that connection with Darnell Mooney, and it's really paid mm-hmm. off so far. Mooney looks terrific. Yep. Uh, but once they get this passing game really clicking, you're going to see Allen Robinson as a key part of that. Chris Emma, the scorer, joins us. Steve Rosen and Mark Rohde talking Bears here. So that Mooney, that, that Fields-Mooney connection, I don't know if I should make more of it, if it's making too much of it, but the third and 12 pass to Mooney sat down right where he needed to sat down. The ball was right there, 13 yards, first down, a huge play, and showed their connection, showed the connection they have, and I don't know if I'm making too much of it, but that just seemed, <clears throat> you know how you circle plays, you circle games, you circle meaningful moments, that seemed like one to me for a lot of reasons. Or was that just another completion? No, I don't think so. And I'll put it in the context of Darnell Mooney here. Consider where this kid came from as a rookie last season, a fifth-round pick who didn't have any off-season program, had half of a training camp, and he stepped in week one and made an impression and continued from there. This is a guy you bet on. This is a guy you trust and believe in. Uh, going into this past offseason, he said he wanted to improve himself as a route runner, and you're seeing the dividends. He's much better as a route runner. He learned from guys like Allen Robinson, trusted the coaching of Mike Furry, and came out with the ability to separate from defenders and get himself open. And he's a guy who's just going to continue to get better and better. He's surprised as a rookie. He certainly, like I said, he made that kind of strong impression where you really believed he could be your number two alongside Robinson. And 
I think he's just going to continue to grow. Justin Fields has a great connection with him. They trust each other. Uh, they're building a friendship off the field, which I think is important for a quarterback and a receiver. When you want to keep building with those guys, uh, Darnell Mooney's just going to keep improving and keep. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to say surprising anymore. I don't think anything he does is a surprise at this point. Chris, I know that you are a, an appreciator of Les Grobstein, just like Steve Rosenblum, just like me. So we are being told that um, from the two two four, you will love Les and the Kraken story. Uh, from the two six two, Kraken is at four forty eight in the morning um, on Tuesday. Some stupid with a flare gun from Lake Geneva. And uh, from the 262, if you guys want another clip of Les butchering Layla's name, go back to about 4.06 a.m. on Tuesday. Layla Remy, LOL. Also, Les's explanation of a K. So I just, Chris, I know you as appreciator of Grobber, I just wanted to give you something to look forward to later on on our show. No, no, no. I, it's, uh, I... it's right after we get done with Chris. Oh. It's going to come at the top of the next hour. Oh. Caesar, Caesar found it, and it's a thing. It's. I will be here for that. I will be listening. I will be enjoying. Is Notre well, Dame playing today, Chris? The... They're off. I I need to find maybe I go apple picking or find pumpkins or something. I don't know what people do <laughs> on Saturdays where you don't have a football team. <laughs> wait a minute, wait. Single guys don't go apple picking. Come on, man. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's a bad college football slate today. <laughs> okay. You're the no, best, I would I would say you could rent someone's kid and go apple picking, and that would be in a very very. <laughs> That would be aphrodisiacal for the women who are picking apples as well. So work on that, okay, Chris? I'll do my best. See you tomorrow, buddy. All right, thank, thanks Take for care. being the Les Grobstein pregame show. Chris Emma of The Score. Yeah, we're going to take a break, and we found, the, um, we found the question. Les's explanation of what a Kraken is. Great. The NHL's newest expansion team. And we're just all going to experience it together because you haven't heard it, right, Mark? That is correct. I, I have not heard it. I don't know. Much of our audience probably hasn't. Some apparently have. <laughs> Some of our texters certainly have. Yeah. So we all want to experience that. And we don't. We don't maybe it's just another, another omen of the Bears beating Aaron Rodgers because we found several already. And we'll take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll see what that holds for us. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670, The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.